Dear listeners, are you tired of the endless cycle of fad diets and extreme measures? It's time to wake up to a better weight loss solution with Robody. As someone who's been through the ups and downs of weight loss, I know firsthand the challenge of trying to find what will stick. That's why if I qualified for Robody today, I'd jump at the chance for a scientifically backed program that supports long-term success. With Robody, you'll gain access to the most popular weight loss shots on the market, paired with personalized lifestyle changes. Over 200,000 people have already chosen Row to help them lose weight. Say goodbye to the roller coaster of weight loss dreams and hello to sustainable, real results with Robody. Go to row.co slash snoozecast. Sign up today and you'll pay just $99 for your first month and $145 a month after that. Medication costs are separate. That's ro.co slash snoozecast. This episode is supported by Party Parrots. Tonight, we'll read the opening to The Scarlet Pimpernel, a historical fiction novel by Baroness Orsi, published in 1905. The novel is set during the Reign of Terror following the start of the French Revolution. The title is the nom de guerre of its hero, a chivalrous Englishman who rescues aristocrats before they are sent to the guillotine. Sir Percy Blakeney leads a double life, apparently nothing more than a wealthy fop, but in reality, a formidable swordsman and a quick-thinking escape artist. Let's get cozy. Close your eyes. your body into the softness of your bed. Now, take a few deep breaths. Chapter 1, Paris, September 1792. A surging, seething, murmuring crowd of beings that are human only in name, for to the eye and ear they seem naught but savage creatures, animated by vile passions and by the lust of vengeance and of hate. The hour, some little time before sunset, and the place, the West Barricade, at the very spot where, a decade later, a proud tyrant raised an undying monument to the nation's glory and his own vanity. 
During the greater part of the day, the guillotine had been kept busy at its ghastly work. All that France had boasted of in the past centuries, of ancient names and blue blood, had paid toll to her desire for liberty and for fraternity. The carnage had only ceased at this late hour of the day, because there were other, more interesting sights for the people to witness. A little while before the final closing of the barricades for the night, and so the crowd rushed away from the Place de la Greve and made for the various barricades in order to watch this interesting and amusing sight. It was to be seen every day, for those aristos were such fools; they were traitors to the people, of course, all of them, men. Women and children, who happened to be descendants of the great men who, since the Crusades, had made the glory of France, her old noblesse. Their ancestors had oppressed the people, had crushed them under the scarlet heels of their dainty buckled shoes, and now the people had become the rulers of France and crushed their former masters, not beneath their heel. For they went shoeless mostly in these days, but beneath a more effectual weight, the knife of the guillotine. And daily, hourly, the hideous instrument of torture claimed its many victims: old men, young women, tiny children, even until the day when it would finally demand the head of the king and of a beautiful young queen. But this was as it should be. Were not the people now the rulers of France? Every aristocrat was a traitor, as his ancestors had been before him. For two hundred years now, the people had sweated, and toiled, and starved, to keep a lustful court in lavish extravagance. Now the descendants of those who had helped to make those courts brilliant had to hide for their lives. To fly, if they wished to avoid the tardy vengeance of the people, and they did try to hide and tried to fly. That was just the fun of the whole thing. Every afternoon, before the gates closed and the market carts went on in procession by the various barricades, some fool of an aristo endeavored to evade the clutches of the committee of public safety. In various disguises, under various pretexts, they tried to slip through the barriers which were so well guarded by citizen soldiers of the Republic. Men in women's clothes, women in male attire, children disguised in beggars' rags. There were some of all sorts: counts, marquises, even dukes. Who wanted to fly from France, reach England, or some other equally accursed?